Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. From this psalm about uh, the way that we, the attitude with which we come to the Lord. I mean, it's, just, it's a psalm really about the whole of the Christian life, but I think it's so fitting as we think about our service for him. Five thoughts. First of them, the goal of our service. What is the goal of our service? And if I could have the first slide up, please. What is the goal of our service? The goal of our service is this. It is the glory of God. Psalm 115 begins like this. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. And in many ways, that's the biggest thing I would love us to uh, remember from today. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to say that together. Okay, so say it with me. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. New Year is uh, not so far behind us. I had a Slightly self-incriminating conversation uh, this week. Incriminating because um, I was talking to someone about New Year goals. And um, my conversation partner explained, shared some really inspiring New Year goals uh, with me. And um, I realized I had had no New Year goals. Uh, And, you know, some of us are goals people. And uh, some of us are not so much goals people. And those of us who aren't, we, we love you, goals people. We, like, in our better days, we wish we were like you. Thank you for your patience with us that we're sort of catching up. But whether or not you're a goals person, actually every single one of us needs a goal, a purpose, a reason for getting out of bed in the morning. We need a long-term view that makes it worth living. And this psalm puts that really, really clearly. Verse 1, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. The goal of our lives is the glory of God. We see this whole world not as our own, but as the Lord's, and we see ourselves as his servants. And we live, and indeed we, we serve, not for ourselves, not for our own reputation, not for our own credit, not for the status that we might attain through our service, not for the praise and thanks of others even, but for God's glory, for his fame and reputation, for his honor. That's why we serve. And that's not to say there aren't great blessings for us in service, and we're going to get to those in a moment, but this thing has to come first. As the opening word of Rick Warren's uh, wonderful little book, Purpose Driven Life, I don't know whether you read it, fantastic opening, it says, It's not about you. It's not about you. And that is a challenge for us, isn't it? Because actually, uh, it's quite easy to make our service about me, to major on what it does for me. Uh, Or maybe we do it for the sake of us. 
so that, you know, we can be part of a church with a great reputation or whatever, you know, something we're pleased to talk to people about. Nothing wrong with a good reputation for a church, but actually God's supreme glory. That is the end goal, and that cannot be negotiable. And in fact, service that is not for God's glory above all is actually a liability because in the end it becomes self-service, which is in fact no service at all. So the goal of our service is the glory of God. So perhaps I can ask you, as I ask myself uh, this evening, what is the goal of your service? Second, the motivation, the motivation for our service is God's love and faithfulness. That verse again, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. You know, the biggest story of your life and mine is not what you will do for God. It is what he has already done for you. And the Apostle Paul, I mentioned him uh, earlier, that great verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Know the mercy first. And then serve. So what, why do we serve? We serve because God has already served us. We love because God has loved us first. We give only because in Christ God has already given himself to us by dying in our place and rising for our salvation. And by the way, that's why it's fantastic to see many people week by week coming again in the evening if they've served in the morning on a, on a Sunday in our kids' work or youth work or something like that because We're here to be fed spiritually so that we can then give out spiritually. And that is a really important thing to hold on to, I think, particularly in a busy church like this one. Consider this. The most precious thing that you have to offer to your service, whatever it is, is not actually your gifts or your talents. It is your own delight in the Lord. And without that, you can quickly go home and not bother. And that's got, to be, that's got to be so precious to us that we keep it alive. So I wonder for you, as you look at this next year, uh, wonderful service ahead, wonderful things that are going to happen. How will you keep that spark of love uh, alive and growing as you receive it from the Lord? That's the motivation, God's love and faithfulness. Third, the obstacle, the obstacle to our service, God's invisibility. The psalm goes on, uh, why do the nations say, where is their God? Why do the nations say, where is their God? So the idea is the other nations around the people of Israel um, were sort of saying to them, you know, this God of yours that apparently you serve, where is he? Show him to me. Uh, And to to that, the the psalmist kind of responds, fair point. He says, verse 3, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. My father-in-law is an avid fisherman, and uh, over the years he has tried in vain, sadly, to teach me to fish. Uh, I I am really so bad at it. And he once took me out uh, fly fishing for trout, and we did a bit of casting practice uh, in the garden beforehand. But it was only when we got to the river that, for the first time, I began to understand why you have to learn how to cast, you know, throw the hook thing onto the river. The way that really good fishermen uh, fish 
is they actually see the fish. They don't just lob it in at random. They see the fish. They see it rise, or they could see it, you know, just underneath the surface. And then they throw the fly right onto the nose of the fish, and that's that's how they catch it. Now, I'm I'm lousy at casting. I grant that, but much more importantly, I can't see any fish. I just couldn't spot them. Do you see that one? No, I didn't actually see that one. So I don't even know where I'm supposed to put this thing, which, by the way, I can't put where I would like to put it anyway. Here is the problem. We, we can't see. We can't see. And the psalmist contemporaries, they had their man-made idols, which they could see, things they could see and touch. That's what they served. They didn't think much of Israel's God, who, who they couldn't see. And we, as the people of God, can feel like that too. We still cannot see the one whom we are serving. And so we might hear the nations of our day around us, the people in the culture around us, the people at work say, this God of yours that you spend so much time serving, where is he? Like, can you see him? And we may feel that, actually, particularly when they're busy serving sex, power, money, status, all the gods of this age that feel so tangible and visible. So I want to say to you, if you've sat with a tricky youngster for a while, or you've taken hours to visit a stranger, or you've given up a promotion or a work opportunity to serve someone in the name of Christ, just to be available, or uh, you've had a really long day at work, and you've got home, and you would love to have just put the TV on and just kind of f- sort of phased out for two hours, but you've sat down and prepared a Bible study or something in order to serve others. And in those times, you've had to wrestle with this. Is it really worth it? Can I really see why I'm doing this? But you've gone on and done it. Thank you. Thank you for seeing the Lord in that. And let's be honest, we do have to do battle, don't we, with the idols of silver and gold in our lives. We need reminding that in the end they are, they're not powerful. The psalm goes on, it says, They've mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, they have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so that they would know that's not the answer. It's wise, isn't it? But his point stands, the trouble is most of us haven't got there yet to realize that it isn't. And so often that beguiling sense uh, that, oh, we're missing out on something and we need to go after that. And it is different for us as Christians. It's not quite the same as the psalmist. We can see Jesus on the pages of scripture. That's a wonderful encouragement to us too. But still, that obstacle to service an invisible God is there. Just two more things to share with you. Fourthly, the privilege of service. The privilege of service is God's blessing. Verse 11, you who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. I wonder what you expect from your service. God does not promise us ease. He's not going to give us a pass from suffering or hard work. But there is immense blessing in serving. There's the blessing, it says, that the Lord is our help and our shield. The blessing, basically, of seeing God show up. Um, When we get to the end of our strength, 
wonder whether you can identify somewhere in the midst of your service for, for the church. And you just like, I cannot do this anymore. Please, I wish I'd never signed up for this. And there's an early start you have to do or a study that you're late preparing or you've got to get to the Renew Lounge and have a tricky conversation or whatever it is. And then suddenly you feel the Lord drawing alongside you. And then things happen that, frankly, if it were just up to you, they wouldn't happen. But they do. And we get that sense that he is in it. He's our help and shield. That's a great blessing. And then there's a blessing in these verses simply that God remembers. The Lord remembers us. So many of you, I know, serve in unseen ways where, frankly, no one remembers because no one even knew that you were doing it. But the Lord sees it. And the Lord remembers. He never misses. And there's loads more blessing in serving. There's the blessing of a changed character, a new perspective. There's the joy of knowing that you're serving him, of seeing other people grow in faith and so many more things. And in a moment, we're just going to be praying that for one another. We're praying blessing. May the Lord cause you to flourish, says Psalm 115. Both you and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's the privilege of service, God's blessing. And finally, briefly, the scope of our service. The scope of our service is the whole earth. Verse 16 says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. The whole earth has been given to us. That is the field of our service. Every part of it. And that's true for our church life. So we don't just serve the Lord in the kind of spiritual things and then just do all the other things alongside. Uh, So we have service in very earthy kind of things here. We have tea towel washing. We have service in terms of private prayer. When you go home and no one knows about it and you pray for your friend here or a part of the ministry. We have service in setting up email accounts for people so that they can get to the files on the SharePoint. Uh, We have service in Bible study preparation. We have service in clearing up sick from unwell teenagers who nevertheless come to our evening events. Thank you if you've ever done that. We have service in bringing a pair of shoes to the refugee, refugee day center. We have service in picking up the phone for an awkward but necessary conversation. We have service in the workplace, far away from here. We have service in being a charity trustee. Service in counseling someone through a tough decision. Service of all types of people in all types of places. Service to preserve our planet. And we could go on and on and on. So today we want to say very clearly, even as we're going to name some of the ministries that we do, service is not like a small spiritual thing and then there's the rest of life. We serve the Lord in the whole of this earth, in all our activity. So those verses from, uh, from Colossians, I often come back to them. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do. I don't think anything is excluded. Think of something. Is it within the whatever you do? Yeah, it is. Do that in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it may be today is a day for you to kind of broaden your concept of service. Not just these sort of official things that you do for the Lord, as it were, but seeing the whole of your life as that.
Okay, well, there we go. There's some thoughts from Psalm 115. Um, There's actually in the little handout that I've given you a lovely little poem uh, that's a rewriting of Psalm 115. It's on the inside uh, front cover. Um, And perhaps you can take that with you. It's by Rudyard Kipling. Uh, It's a lovely thing to uh, meditate on this psalm. Um, There's a load of other stuff in there, by the way, which I hope will give you uh, kind of the language, the vocabulary to think about your service. But now what's going to happen is two things. We're going to uh, pray specifically for our ministries uh, in church. We're going to pray for them in groups, uh, six different groups. Uh, and then after that, we're going to do this a, a brief act of, of consecration, making our way slowly through a prayer of commitment. And before we get to that, I think it's worth looking at the prayer that we're going to say, so you can have a think about whether it is something that you want to echo in, uh, for yourself. So just uh, if you open up your trifold, the first thing you should see is, is a prayer that begins, I give you my hands. Okay? This is a prayer by a guy called Lancelot Andrews, Bishop, Archbishop Lancelot Andrews, uh, 500 years old. Um, often the ancients have got the wisest stuff. Um, and, and this is a beautiful prayer. And I'm just going to read it slowly. Later on, after we've prayed for our ministries, we're actually going to say this together as responses. But I want us to get there having considered it. Okay? So just uh, listen uh, as I read it out. I give you my hands to do your work. I give you my feet to go your way. I give you my eyes to see as you see. I give you my tongue to speak your words. I give you my mind that you may think in me. I give you my spirit that you may pray in me. Above all, I give you my heart that you may love in me your Father and all mankind. I give you my whole self that you may grow in me, so that it is you, Lord Jesus, who live and work and pray in me. I hand over to your care, Lord, my soul and body, my prayers and my hopes, my health and my work, my life and my death, my parents and my family, my friends and my neighbors, my country and all people today and always. Amen. So we're going to return to that a little bit later on. As we come to that, perhaps there's a a prayer that you will feel you're able to echo. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.